Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Sam Says, a podcast brought to you by the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans. Joining me, as always, is the Sam in Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, the Executive Director of I'm Hip. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Deronda? I am doing well. We are fully into the fall season, so Sam, I must ask you, what fall food are you most excited for? Ooh, good question. I love soup, and I feel like in fall I can poke around in the kitchen, come up with new recipes. Um, I'm really loving chowders these days. What about you? I love chili. The spicier, the better. And as soon as fall hits, my wife and I, we drive around and we try to just find different chilies. And it's just something, as soon as fall hits, I know it's chili season. So great tradition. Yes, 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 yes. Today we have a very special guest in the Sam Says Studios. We are joined by Pam Sanborn, the plan president of Molina Healthcare. Pam, welcome. Thank you. So before we get started, can you just give listeners a glimpse into your background and your experience just to give them a little bit of kind of a setting of the table? Sure. So I've been here in Illinois for a couple of years now. Um, spent a couple of years in Wisconsin and 25 years on the other side of the lake in Michigan. Um, so my background is finance and started out 20 years on the hospital reimbursement side and then transitioned over to health insurance. Love it and had opportunity two years to, to come to Illinois and lead the health plan here in the Medicaid space. Great. So let's jump right into it. Can you give listeners a bit of background on the Discharge Planning Group? Sure. So the Discharge Planning Group um, came together about a year ago. Um, that was shortly after the new Medicaid contract came into place here in the state of Illinois. And it was a partnership between all the managed care organizations um, with um, providers and hospital systems and with health care and family health services, HFS, our regulator, um, to look at um, barriers to discharge planning. And that was really the focus. How do we uh, collaborate and partner together so that there's a smooth transition for patients when they're in the hospital and that the hospitals don't have to do everything and that managed care organizations aren't duplicating what they're doing. We're really partnered together, wrap around that member and help them transition out of an inpatient setting back into the community. And, and what I loved about this working group, Pam, um, was that oftentimes we think of hospitals on one side and health plans or MCOs on the other side. But in this, uh, we really had a shared interest of making sure members were transitioned safely from a hospital back into the community with the support that they needed. Can you talk a little bit about you know, the challenges that the entire industry is facing, both from the hospital side and the uh, health plan side, and why this work was so important um, and timely? I think a couple things. Number one, um, in today's age, there's uh, resource constraints, both on the hospital side. You know, we don't like to talk about the word budget, but there are. Um, and we always want to make sure we're not duplicating. Uh, Medicaid is a, a state program. Those are taxpayer dollars. We want to be really wise with those. So one of the, the core tenants was really looking at how do we not duplicate services, but how do we support each other? Um, another barrier was just the um, providers and hospitals understanding what, what could be covered, what could be paid for, what resources were out in the community. Um, if you think about your hospital and you have surgery, you might need physical therapy, you might, might need home care, and just understanding who to go to, where to find those resources. Um, and then we have what we call difficult place 
patients or members. Um, they might be dealing with uh, homelessness, they might be dealing with um, other family issues, and so the managed care organizations can really support the hospitals. They see the whole picture, they understand if that uh, patient's been in and out of the hospital, maybe not in the facility we're dealing with right now, and so we're able to partner and help them connect those community resources, um, managed care organizations hire nurses and social workers. We can go out to the home, really work with the families, support the hospital, and have that smooth transition. Wonderful. And that work and sort of that um, focus, can you um, talk a little bit about when you brought everybody together and, and you chaired this working group um, or co-chaired this working group, what came out of those those discussions and what models were developed? Because I imagine... No hospital's the same, no health plan's the same, and a one-size-fits-all um, just wasn't the right approach. Right. Um, so a couple things. I'll talk about the models first. We kind of had three models. So one we will call telephonic. So we're um, supporting the hospitals and reaching out to the patients just via the phone. Um, and that works for some facilities. Um, your larger health systems that are integrated, that are well staffed, well-connected, have a good primary care network, that, that's a good model. Um, you go to the other end of the spectrum, it's what we call an embedded model. So maybe the facilities didn't have the right people, and so the managed care organizations physically put one of their staff in the hospital to help with discharge planning. And then as you can think, right in the middle is kind of a hybrid. So some of the um, pilot um, programs started out um, telephonic and move more to embedded. Others move from embedded more to telephonic or a couple days a week. So that was really um, enlightening, I think, finding which model worked for which facility um, and the type of uh, patients they had. Um, I think one of the other, the, the biggest barrier and I think the first hurdle we all got over was there was no understanding how to escalate if you weren't getting resolution to something. So if you think uh, hospital staff are trying to discharge a member, they don't know um, where to uh, get home care, they need someone to go into the home, they might need some equipment delivered, something, and they weren't getting the answers quick enough from the managed care organization, they didn't know who to pick the phone up and call mm -hmm. to get that resolved. And so a lot of time was spent just building those relationships uh, documenting how to escalate, who to call, and I would say that was probably the biggest win is understanding that. And those pilots moved rather quickly once people knew and had a relationship on who to call. Right, and I think that's key because it, it really demonstrates that communication is how we overcome our shared challenges and how we move the system forward. And that I think this um, department, the healthcare, healthcare and Family Services, has really tried to change the dynamic from where plans are talking at hospitals and hospitals are talking at plans to how do we talk together, how do we communicate yeah. together and really fostering that. Um, and IMHIP and the IHA you know, did some work there as well. Can you talk a little bit beyond that escalation um, document and, and the building of trust? What were some of the outcomes that we saw? Um, and talk a little bit about the successes of this working group. So I think a couple things. One of the outcomes, several of the hospitals and pilot groups found, once they, they kind of got the flow of how to talk with each other, they figured out which patients were the right ones to talk about. So it wasn't the entire list 
of everyone in the hospital. They found that uh, kind of sweet spot of the members. A certain percentage of the hospitals had no issues, either there wasn't um, placement issues or other things. Um, there was kind of a middle ground where they just needed a little bit of help, and then really a focus on these difficult um, cases, difficult place, maybe the patients um, are hard to find, so they don't re they don't answer their phone or they um, don't do follow up calls, and so um, the pilot groups were able to figure out who were the right members to focus on, and really were able to get um, speed to their review um, for there. I think a, a couple others. I talked about the relationships that was really key in understanding and helping the hospitals have trust that when a managed care company is asking for information, they were understanding why we were asking for information. It wasn't to um, say no to an authorization. It wasn't to deny payment for something. It was all about the care of the member and ensuring we had the right information to connect the, the community services um, to them. And I think the, the third thing coming out, I've talked about these difficult to place members, but that's really um, those members are those that have, um, you know, housing issues, um, food shortage issues. It's not just um, in the city, downstate, in the rural areas, there are food shortages, um, transportation issues, all of those kinds of things. So um, I think there was an elevated understanding of what um, the hospitals define as difficult to place what the MCOs are seeing as difficult to place and really starting to understand where do we have gaps in care and how do we bring additional community services in to help. Yeah, and what I loved about this, this effort, and while we all acknowledge from the front end that a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't make sense, um, you can't do the same thing with every hospital, with every health plan, because there's just nuances that exist. You're a large system and you have a small amount of membership with that plan, or you're a large system and you have a ton of membership with another plan, or you're in a rural location or you're in the city. So there were a lot of areas where we needed to have um, specific models developed. However, through this process, we did really identify key best practices or areas of focus that were standard across um, all models, things that we were measuring. Um, we discovered as we went through, like you said, areas of who to um, focus on, who to focus the energy and resources on, mm -hmm. and then what were those drivers of um, hard to place membership? What was the challenge? And like you said, a lot of times it was either very complex healthcare situations or social determinants of health that, yeah. health that were creating barriers. Yeah. I think um, one of the things, we, we measured success in this pilot, one, by um, data. So we all, hospitals and managed care companies, love data. And we're measured by that. So the regulators that look at how we're doing. And so we looked at, do we reduce um, readmissions? Did we in, um, close gaps in care? So did the child get their immunizations? Did the asthmatic fill their medicine? Um, things like that. Um, and that was pretty key. And again, on a pilot, you're looking at um, a smaller subset, but I think the lessons learned um, were great that, that we can bring across um, the program. We closed out the pilot with um, a joint presentation day with the um, Hospital Association and I'm HIP um, in this pilot group pre presenting um, 
all the findings that we had, the success, um, the lessons learned. Um, and I think the most exciting thing for me was in that room were many, many hospitals that didn't participate in the pilot, um, and they were excited about it and talked to most of the MCOs after about how do they get into the program. How do we um, build that relationship with you? How do I bring someone in the hospital and in bed with me? So I think that was um, a, a nice way to end the pilot um, and really um, kind of create excitement um, for across the state of Illinois with all the managed care companies and all the hospital systems. Great. And so with all that we've talked about today, can you give us a sense of are there any upcoming events or initiatives or programs that you're really excited about and you want to make sure that our listeners know about as well? Yeah, I think what we found, and you've heard me talk about it a few times, there was a common um, barrier that we found um, in um, many patients, and that was around housing. Um, either not um, consistent housing or, or homelessness. And so we'll be um, working with Cook County Housing Authority um, and the managed care organizations to see how we can partner together and understand um, what are they seeing, where are the barriers, and how do we, um, if you think about managed care, you're thinking, why is the health insurer worrying about housing? But that is really a barrier to good health outcomes. And so we'll be partnering with them um, and looking at what opportunities we have. Okay, great. And before we let you go, question for you. What is your favorite fall food? Um, apple crisp. Apple crisp, all right. Well, Pam, we appreciate you joining us today for an episode of Sam Says, and we Thank hope you. that you come back to join us in the future. Will do. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And Sam, before we wrap up, we know that the annual conference is fast approaching, and we will have more information for our listeners on that. But is there anything else that is happening at the association that uh, we should be looking forward to? Yes, we are gearing up for legislative fall session in October and November, and then, of course, always have our eye on a spring session that gets kicked off, we imagine, in January. So lots of legislative work ahead of us. All right. Exciting stuff, as always. On behalf of Sam and the team at I'm Hip, we want to again thank Pam Sanborn, the plan president for Molina Healthcare for joining us today for an episode of Sam Says. If you like what you've heard today, please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and you can also follow us on Podbeam. We'll be back in a few weeks with more. Thanks for listening.